Sports Saturday edition live here uh, on youtube.com forward slash the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Savage Sam Whitfield, uh, broadcasting here live from South Florida. And I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us. As always, you can uh, follow the show and you can follow me on Twitter at SamDavier underscore NGC. Uh, also, you can follow me on Instagram at SamDavier underscore NGC. Uh, Gab and Mines, not that anyone goes there anymore. Uh, at Sam Whitfield, uh, Facebook.com forward slash the Whitfield Report, and uh, and uh, the and r slash uh, Whitfield Report. If you want to join our small uh, Reddit, I think there are like now five people there. So yay, mm-hmm. progress! <laughs> so uh, anyway, folks, uh, I actually have multiple guests tonight. So it's a uh, it's a foursome, depending on how you look at it. Uh, and Ooh, I, was... I love it when you talk dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as some of you guys may remember, I was on a uh, a program called uh, Versa Media uh, a few months ago on. Uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of the station. I can throw them for you. Okay. It was on a show called Real News on the line 90.7 FM on Saturdays at 7 p.m., which also uploads to the Versa Media channel. It's kind of our YouTube uh, place for all of our recordings of Real News. Oh, okay. So Real News is the show, and Versa Media is more like your network then. Yes. Okay. That's the way I look at it. So, um,. For those of you listening on the other podcast, that was Sean that you just heard. Um, and oh, then yeah. Phil is uh, Dictator right Phil. <laughs> Dictator Phil. The, you, you'll see you'll see me oftentimes retweet uh, Dictator Phil just because <laughs> I find him fucking hilarious. And I, <laughs> I, I, I want to know how you got the Twitter handle Dictator Phil because that is so perfect. <laughs> Well, well, yeah, um, we, um, so, so Sean, myself and a couple other guys, we, uh, we always had conversations of like, you know what, like on how to better society. And I was always like, you know what, if I was dictator, okay, (laughs) this is what I would do. And I would do it like, I'd have all these crazy conversations. So then I was like, well, you know what? I'll just call myself Dictator Phil. Why not? <laughs> and we can keep the conversation going. And then we have uh, Alex, who is also a coast. Alex wasn't on the uh, Real News when I was there, but I, I've seen him in in your uh, in your guys' Discord too. So yeah, so that time there was uh, some technical difficulties with the, um, with the radio station. Usually talk via Discord and like I'll I'll jack in through there, but uh, yeah, that time I think the, there was like the the Discord thing wasn't hooked up. Uh, Sean knows the technical details, but I wasn't able to jack in, and I I don't live close to I don't go to Penn State anymore, and um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be able to physically show up over there on like that shorter notice. So at that time, I had to kind of like sit it out, and I was in the Discord. But most most every other time I'm I'm on, and I've been a co-host for since uh, the since the real news started. Hey Alex. Hey Alex. Yeah. 
you said you weren't able to jack in, but were you able to jack off? That's the real question. <laughs> I, I, I was just on a bus today. I, I, well, so you're on an uncertain podcast. And I, I was, really? I, I was about ready to ask that question. So the, uh, the, the other, the other question I have to ask you guys, uh, is, uh, though, have you guys done room wax? Because, uh, Former comedian Owen Benjamin seems to think that they're like the greatest thing <laughs> thing ever, ever. So, yeah, <laughs> funny guy, like not not actually funny, but like you know, like a fungus, you know, kind of <laughs> like you eat that shit and you be throwing up everywhere. But uh, that I, question, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I uh, I I think I. I think one night I came into your Discord and just started red to get like either one of you guys found one of my own centered podcasts and was wondering mm-hmm. what was going on and then yeah. But uh anyway, speaking of uh weird stuff that's going on because we're living in a clown world, I just saw a, uh I just saw a tweet from uh Maynard James Keenan of Tool and uh Apparently he uh, posted a meme of uh, him of himself as Thanos uh, snapping Taylor Swift, oh. and uh, apparently the SJWs are already like complaining that because she's a sexual uh, assault survivor, and you know he's I guess he was accused of sexual souls of you years ago like now leftist twitter is coming after mm. him and it, it just seems like everyone is getting so fucking offended over everything these days it's ridiculous i didn't know taylor swift was a sexual assault survivor but i guess she's a celebrity so that's pretty much every celebrity out there like i don't know yeah they're just full of shit my oh. question my question is because because I guess she had something going on where uh, one of the producers somebody like touched her ass or something like that. My question was like, what ass? That's the real question, right? <laughs> what? She's like she's like a hundred pounds. Like where is it? Where is it? Oh, I'm trying to like. Oh. Uh, you forced me. You forced me to watch your videos just to try to find your ass. Couldn't find it. Sorry. <laughs> the, um, oh my god. Oh my god, Phil. You, you and I are going to get along way too well because that was that Uh-oh. was that was that was my exact same question. And also, <laughs> I mean, now the definition of sexual assault is like so vague that like. If I were to say a pickup, you know, line in, in the wrong way now, it could be considered sexual assault. Now, you guys also go to Penn State, which I know is a fairly, uh, you know, liberal school. So I, I want to ask, and I'm, I'm, and I'm sorry for a big blot, but just how the fuck have you guys survived there as, you know, conservatives on that campus? Lots of ammo. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I don't even own a gun. But what my, I know what you mean, though, because I think honestly, it's because we found conservative friends. We found people that are just like us that don't 
you know, when I, to give context, I grew up in a liberal high school. Everybody was liberal. All the teachers were liberal. Like to find a conservative there was like just unheard of. And I did find like two, but coming to a college, I was like, I got to join the Trump club. It was like the first thing I said, first thing I did. Glad I did. Uh, funny enough, the first people I met there weren't actually my friends. <laughs> uh, the first guy I met is like, you know, who I'm thinking of Alex. He's like a Bond villain. The guy. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I've hung around your Discord long enough now that I'm pretty sure I know who you guys are talking yeah. about. Yeah. So that was the first guy in camera, but Alex was actually the first friend I'd made, and he's become one of my best friends I've ever made. And then I found Phil later on, uh, Dictator Phil. Don't want to get executed by him, so I better say it properly. Uh, found him later, and, you know, more recently, and we've become really close friends. But, you know, it's just a natural thing. You come to college, you find similar people. But it is very, very liberal, but there are still plenty of conservatives here, and joining conservative clubs is the best way to stay alive. And also, even if you do cause trouble, you know, as long as you can back up what you said, they really can't do some stuff to you. That's what I've learned. So, what is there like? Is there like five of you, or is in in all seriousness, is there actually like a good number of like conservatives relative to Penn State, or is it just like pretty much you guys? And then, well, like- it's growing. I'll say that it's definitely growing because the first year I got here was 2016, and the heat of the election. And the CRs got quite a few people at their meeting. I'd say about 50 when I went to their first meeting. And it was mostly a bunch of angry Trump supporters because the president, who was a registered Democrat, I believe at the very time, uh, didn't want to endorse Trump and was blocking measures to do so by doing a legal poll over the summer. But since then, you know, it was kind of, there was, you know, I would say about 20 conservatives I knew, 25, 30 and that's when I was getting involved with Turning Point USA on campus. And then this year, when I became president of Turning Point USA, we uh, packed our first meeting, which normally would have at a first meeting would have between 20 and 30 people for our club. And on a normal day, it would have maybe 20. This first meeting had 60 people. 60. It wow. The room almost. And then our second meeting this week had 45 people. So a strong return rate. And it was more people in our second meeting than the first CR meeting. And one final thing I'll mention is that last year when I was secretary of the club, we had a campus clash event, it was called, where we brought Donald Trump Jr., uh, Charlie Kirk, and Kimberly Guilfoyle all to speak there. And we packed a room with over 700 people and had to turn away 300. So that was mostly community of the people we had to turn away. So there's like at least... 700 people on this campus that are conservative okay now another important question which one of you guys got kimberly guilfoyle's phone number so so. do you want to talk about that uh yeah but uh no um no i'm pretty sure i didn't want to get i didn't want to get beaten by the secret service because i'm pretty (laughs) sure she's on lock by mr donald trump jr so i'm trying to Oh I'm yeah, that's right. I'm trying to keep all my limbs here. It's very, it's yeah, very it's, nice being of health, healthy, sound at mind. Yeah, I, I, I keep, I keep forgetting she's with with Trump Jr. So, mm. um, like, have you ever seen her in person though? Like, she, she probably has more makeup on than like the Olay factory. Oh gosh, so much makeup. 
Well, well, most, well, most of the those uh, Fox News anchor babes are. I mean, I, I, I did, I did meet Kennedy in person, mm. though, and she's actually, uh, she's actually pretty good, good looking. I was at a, uh, I, I was at a Yale uh, con earlier this summer, which you know, I, mm. I've kind of have mixed emotions about that. But the one thing about that was good was she was there and. Someone brought up that she was like a, that she was like the anger version of like Lisa Ann, and, and I and I was kind of like, uh, I was kind of like, okay, now that you've said that, I can't stop see, seeing that. So um, yeah, but yeah. And how how's your experience with Yao? I know like over at Penn State, we had like Turning Point right now is probably the only like real conservative organization. College Republicans are all like establishment cucks. And um, what was it? We have a Yale chapter, but uh, I don't know if it's bad. <laughs> well, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's kind of active right now, but it's just become like an activism wing. It's pretty much dead. Well, technically, I'm still with them for now. Although after this, if any of them are listening, I might not be, but. Uh... You know, I, I, but at this point, I don't really care. So I'm just going to say when, when I went to that conference, I was just surrounded by a bunch of like really hardcore and caps who basically, you know, want, wanted to go from what we have, which is kind of like semi big government to like, you know, absolutely no government whatsoever. whatsoever. And I, I was just kind of like, okay, guys, that's not like, that's not practical. And then. Mm. Anytime I like brought up the fact that we, uh, you know, that we we can't just like get rid of the entire government, and that you know maybe, and I don't think privatizing the police force is a good idea. I was like, oh, they were like, well, oh, well, you're a statist, so <laughs> I'm like, like they they keep they keep using the word statist the way that like SJWs use the word Nazi, you know. Mm. Described so, you know, and like that's not that wasn't everyone there, but but you know, I think they're like a lot of kind of fringe libertarians, and I I don't know, I'm right now I'm just kind of happy doing this ra- this radio program, so you know, which I've been doing for like twelve years now total. So, um, well. Cigars, to be honest, like uh, there's a couple people over there, but I, I think the biggest problem that we have over here is like the the person in charge. In my opinion, um, he, he probably shouldn't be in charge. I'll, I'll just leave it at that due to ongoing situations. Uh, the only thing I can say is that I had very limited interactions with Yao, but my girlfriend was the vice president of Yao at this campus and. She did not like her time there. And when she went to YaoCon in Philly recently, it was definitely, it's now going to be her last one because she said it just has a culty vibe. It's a bunch of weird guys. It was not what it used to be. And even before, it was kind of weird too. Uh, she's had some unpleasant experiences there. But I've only heard positive things from Turning Point, to be honest. I'm not just saying that as somebody that works for them and is their chapter president. Like, it honestly, of all the conservative clubs on campus, it's by far the best. Yeah, well, and I mean, I, I, and I think that largely depends too on like who's running your your chapter too. My problem is where I go to school. I'm also, I, I mean, I go to like a real small 
small branch of the University of South Florida, you know, mm -hmm. here where I'm at. So I'm not, I'm not like a commuter college. And commuter colleges are tough because unlike, you know, when you have dorms at like university, I mean, people come and go. Most of them, you know, like work, they have jobs off, off campus. So trying to get like a club, you know, together can be difficult. And, uh, you know, that's where Yale has kind of dropped the ball a bit, even though I've asked them for help somewhat on that. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, you know, but before, uh, before my phone starts blowing up with that uh, text messages from, from, uh, Yale, you know, I, so, um, you've had some pretty notable guests actually, um, on real news. Um, lately so i mean i don't want to go i don't want to name any of them for you but i mean i was on with like with a couple notable guests uh that were on after me so i guess who have been some of your favorite guests that you've had on yeah i mean when you were on we had six hexenhammer on which was huge uh i think dictator phil was here was the one that got in contact with him got that rolling and it was a shot in the dark it felt like at first but it rolled through and that was a big deal, but the biggest deal was a few weeks later, or was it the week after, I forget, we saw this article on Milo's website exposing a bunch of frauds, basically, in the right-wing movement, where these two video producers, one of them's name was Kalen Robertson, who produced a lot of videos for Tommy Robinson, Lauren Southern, was totally like a fraud and was just an opportunist and was sabotaging these people. And Milo wrote an amazing piece of journalism on them. And I started reaching out initially to one of Milo's friends. Oh, God, his name is slipping my mind. Um, but he does a bunch of things with him every now and then. And I thought, well, maybe we can get him because he could talk about it. And he just said, oh, you have to email Milo. And I emailed Milo and no response back. But then I saw in the Telegram, Milo's Telegram channel, a message saying you you know DM me at Milo Inc or whatever it was. And I thought eh, I might do, I you know, I should probably try that. Maybe I'll do it in the morning. But somebody here beat me to it. Uh, Mr. Dictator Phil already slid into his DMs, which was I I was you know shocked find that <laughs> yeah. in a way I word that um, <laughs> shocked to find that Milo quickly responded to him. It was I was like just shocked and I was pleasantly surprised and then since then he came on our show and it was amazing I, I one of my just favorite moments here it was unbelievably cool to talk to him I'm gonna have to uh I'm gonna have to try messaging him on telegram myself because I've been trying to get him on the show for a couple of years now and mm. uh I have some very you know I have some questions i want to ask about him specifically you know and uh you know regarding some other individuals in the uh conservative movement so um you know i i guess like in terms of uh in terms of kind of the the culture war i guess where do you see the where do you see the culture war going because it doesn't seem to be getting any better it, it doesn't seem to be getting any worse. It just seems to kind of be getting weirder, in my view. I think right now we're... 
I think there's been negative events happening. Like you, you see it all the time, like more conservatives are being taken off of Facebook or getting taken off of payment platforms. Like look at 8chan. They, they just got shut down. And say what you will about 8chan, but it was one of the few like real free places to discuss stuff on the internet as we know it, like on the clear net. Like you can still access it now on like a, um, I think Tor, there's an onion service for it. But uh yeah, like when that happened, I think a lot of people were just like, "Oh, well, you know, they had all these, you know, bad people posting on there." But honestly, that was probably, you know, that that was like the fall of Saigon almost. You know, that sort of just like the death the death knell of like online um, you know, like conservative, well, I mean, not the death knell, but like a turning point almost of bad shit that's going to happen. I just don't see it getting any better until we have some legislative action from like Trump or uh, like his administration or something. But I think that might happen. I saw that Facebook got like a $5 billion fine the other day for privacy violations. And there was, there's been talks about like doing something to find them for like hurting conservatives. But right now it's just talks and unless, you know, they, they really like if we don't get Trump in in 2020, I don't think anything's going to happen. But if we do get him in, you know, I think there is a high likelihood that he will take some form of executive action to stop Facebook, like maybe remove safe harbor for, uh, you know, leftist organizations that discriminate against the conservatives. So that would that would kill YouTube and uh, Facebook if they don't comply to the new laws. Well, I know that the PragerU lawsuit is is going on regarding, uh, you know, like redefining Section 230. And I mean, I I know that, uh, you know, various people have varying opinions on Dennis Prager and PragerU. You know, some people do like them, some people don't. But, uh, you know, I think if, you know, regardless of whether or not you like them and I I like some of their stuff, uh, you know, and other bits I don't really care for. But overall, I think, uh, you know, if we can, if we can get like Section Two Thirty more clearly defined, where like these social media platforms actually have to like make a choice, you know, mm-hmm. on like whether or not they want to be editors or you know whether or not they want to be platforms, you know, I it needs to be one or the other. So, and the other thing that I've said is I think that if, I think of anything, they need to, to, uh, I think they need to, uh, break up the big, I think Trump's role, he needs to break up the big social media companies like Roosevelt did with, uh, you know, like big still and big oil and, you know, kind of the monopoly, um, you know. Well, I think what's happened with the culture in relation to this, because Alex is bringing up a really important point, is the fact that, and uh, you know, through 2014, 15, 16, you know, when Gamergate was happening, when Milo was rising to stardom, when all these people were, you know, on stage and kicking ass, that was when all these people were on social media outlets. That's when our the conservative new right counterculture was as strong as ever, and it had its fire and its spice. But once Trump got into office, which was you know the main goal of it, really, that's when all these tech companies said, look, we can't let this happen again. We played a role in it. We let it happen. We can't let it happen again. And there's documents showing them all saying this. 
And that's when they started the bands. They banned Milo from Twitter. They banned Alex Jones from like the entire internet, practically. They banned um, Gavin McGinnis from Twitter. They banned Roger Stone from Twitter. All of the most influential and you know, cool, new, conservative voices were just getting taken off from all the influential platforms. So now the culture is kind of like, you know, those guys are there, but you have to kind of really hunt to find them. And now they can't even go on universities like Milo. He used to be on every university, raising hell everywhere he went. And now he is totally banned from like continents like Australia. You know, it's it's getting they they've shut down the influence of our cultural voice. And you're seeing the result, which is that the other side, even though they they're, you know, promoting degenerate, you know, culture and terrible policies, they're not exactly winning, but they're kind of the louder voice right now because the other voice has been shut down. Well, what's what's interesting to me is like now we're even at a time where like where Dave Chappelle is, uh, mm. you know, considered controversial. Like that's that's the other thing is like now we're at a point where like comedians and like people who are even like non-political are getting kind of slaughtered just for saying like you know common sense stuff like you know i i would consider myself like pretty conservative i'm not like i don't think i'm like really far out far out there and you know i think like personally on social media i think i think if you want to if you're gay and you want to you know if you want to be like in a gay relationship you know that's fine if you want to smoke like marijuana you know that's that's fine too but you know i but it seems to be also you know if you hold like any views that are even like remotely center right you get you more or less get shamed by the left now so yeah no i i think that's true and i think what you mentioned with dave Chappelle that could be the comedians could be our saving grace for this, like, you know, how the gamers helped the conservative movement in general and Gamergate. I think the comedians, if if we mobile, if they mobilize and they go and start fighting back, because that's something that, like, you know, everyone pays attention to comedians. You know, because like, people like comedy. And if they can't, like, make funny jokes anymore, if all I have to go and watch is, like, Amy Schumer and uh, the other shit comedians, like, rant about, like, abortions and whatnot. And then, yeah, I, I feel that people will start to take notice. Like, they are highly visible. And I think they, honestly, that's probably, probably our best bet right now is, like, start forming alliances with uh, comedians. Mm. Well, well, we need we need Louis C.K. back is what, is what we really need. A, because it will just trigger the left and the, especially the feminists who just, you know, demonized them. I and that's the other thing. I was talking with a guest, you know, uh, on the last episode, you know, we uh, there's no room for forgiveness anymore. No one can make mi- no one can make mistakes in the in the public eye, you know, a- anymore. Everyone has to be, you know, one hundred percent perfect. And uh, you know, it's according to the left, and it's just it's insane. They're they're more puritanical than the religious right ever was. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. Oh, do you want to say something first, Alex? Yeah, it's, it's a double standard too, because like the left, if there's like a, a child rapist or something, they're like, oh, 
oh, well, he's a changed man. You know, let's go. And he can be kindergarten teacher. He can go to the library and dress in drag and have little students on his lap, like little kids, little, little kindergartners and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. But if you made, like, a racist joke in, like, 2010, you know, you need to be banned. You need to be, like, thrown into a, an asylum. You need to be given, like, hate speech charges. You need to be forever unemployed. That, that's their logic, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, if you, you know, like O.J. Simpson, they, you know, I, I bet they they probably love him over on the left, and he's he's a murderer. And, uh, you know, he also, uh, what you call it, robbed someone. They'd forgive him, but if, you know, someone's like, uh, what was it, that, that Parkland, the other guy from Parkland, uh, was it? Kyle yeah, he said something stupid. I mean, he's a kid. Like he, what he said was wrong, but still, I don't think the way that they like treat him, they kicked him out of Harvard and all this other stuff. I don't think that was the appropriate response to that. You know. Well, well, I mean, I I think you know, in in regards to the whole, you know, in regards in in regards to the whole Parkland thing, I mean, that thing has kind of been over overblown too. But I don't I don't think any of those kids really should have been made into political you know, voices, because that's essentially what they've all become, you know, it's become like, Parkland's become a big part of the political debate on guns, you know, whether you like it or not, so. Uh, well, the thing I noticed when David Hall came to Penn State uh, is that he wasn't there to push gun control. He was there to get young people to vote Democrat. Every single thing right. he talked about was in relation to getting the vote out. You need to vote. You need to do this. You need to. It wasn't about we need this gun control. No, that wasn't the bigger picture there. And he made it almost pretty damn clear that it was about we need people to register to vote Democrat now. Because the left, if there's one thing they're smart about, is they know you got to go after the youth because the youth are going to be the future voting block, and they know that the young mind is very easily you know, uh, turned liberal, I guess you could say. People are born pretty liberal. And then as they get older, they become conservatives. Like, all right, let's bank on them now while we can. But conservatives need to start learning that too, that we need to influence, not influence, um, attract younger people to our movement. And I always mention my, I mean, I mention him a lot, but this is where he's really good at that because he's a younger voice and he gets yeah. it. People like the sort of edgy memes, the you know, internet culture and the gamers, he gets that. But guys like Ben Shapiro or some of the older conservatives don't get that. Like Glenn Beck, they really don't get that. And that's why Milo's popular among the youth. And these guys, you know, kind of are, really aren't in many ways. And back to the Chappelle thing I want to mention, because we were talking about this on the show, that got, you know, destroyed by the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, got like a rotten score by critics, but an overwhelmingly positive by fans it shows such a disconnect and the fact that Chappelle is saying stuff that's you know a little bit controversial in my view but it's like hugely controversial in the eyes of some of these progressives shows that we're getting worse in some ways and in my opinion he is the most important comedian alive right now even though he's a democrat basically and he doesn't like trump and is pretty pro-gun control and maybe even pro-abortion or pro-choice He's still fucking funny, and the left doesn't like that. Exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't really care. Look, when it comes to like celebrities and whatnot, I, you know, most of them are on are on the left, and that's just kind of a granite. So, so really, that 
that has never really bothered me, you know, you know, too much. But mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm saying. It's gotten to the point where, like, you know, even now, now if you're not left enough for these people, you get cru- crucified. And I mean, that's something that, you know. Well, well yeah, I, because he, for example, made jokes about transgender people. And that's a no-go zone. You can't do that. And once he did that, and his jokes were funny, they just threw him to the side and said, you're not progressive enough for us. Yeah, well, I guess, uh, you know, Owen Benjamin is now claiming that, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle stole that LGBT joke from him. I've heard that, yeah. So, yeah, um... You know, as much and as much as I dislike the left, we've gotten a lot of cringy folks on the right, like uh, yeah. Owen and Richard Spencer. And uh, oh god, yeah. See, Owen used to be. What? I don't even think Richard Spencer is on the right. Like, if you if you've seen him, like he he's dating some like Satanist like liberal chick or something. Like, he's yeah, fraud that was manufactured by the left and attributed to the right. Like they. They basically just wanted to make the alt right the term alt right poisonous. So you know, Richard Spencer was probably some you know crazy guy from was it from fifteen years ago put something on a website that no one read, and then now he's seeing interviews by like everybody. CNN. Like, well, yeah, but like actual conservatives, like you know, in, important ones, ones like Milo and stuff, they don't get any they don't get any interviews because they're actually like good. Like uh, Richard Spencer is controlled opposition. That's all he is. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that someone, someone else agrees. Yeah, I mean, when I saw, the, when I saw that the Atlantic was, you know, fall was like, you know, falling around and doing like profiles on him, I'm like, this is insane. The, 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 and then I, and then I read some of them, and they're like, he's wearing like a twelve thousand dollar, you know, blazer, and he's got like a really nice haircut, and uh, you know, I'm like. I'm like, my God, my God, you guys are supposedly criticizing him and yet you're, you're treating him like he's a rock star, you know, or, or something like you're waxing poetic. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely, you know, controlled opposition. And then, and then Owen, well, you guys somewhat know my story with Owen. We don't, mm. I don't even know where to begin with that train wreck. So, well, the thing with Richard Spencer, is, you know, the left, I think, is always looking for a new boogeyman to smear the right. You know, yeah. that term alt-right came up at first, and many Trump supporters adopted because they didn't know its origins, and they thought, oh, that's what we are, because we're not like the traditional establishment right. We're an alternative to that. Little did they know, and then they did eventually figure out that it was created by Richard, it was coined by Richard Spencer, and it was, you know, basically an umbrella term for a movement that believed in establishing a white ethno state in America, which no Trump supporter believes in, except, you know, alt-right people that would support Trump. But your average Trump supporter doesn't believe that, nor is your average American. And these Richard Spencer people, these Nazis, these white supremacists, you can barely fill a living room with them. There's so few out there. On Twitter, Richard Spencer has 80,000... No, wait, sorry. He has barely 77,000 followers. And they're mostly people that are probably just interested in what he says in terms of maybe a media perspective or something. They're not actually people that believe in what he says. Whereas people like Paul Joseph Watson have like 
hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter. You know, Richard Spencer's a nobody. The media just made him a somebody because they wanted to smear the right with some boogeyman that everybody hates. I mean, I've, I, have, I barely agree with Spencer, I think, on anything. There might be like two things like, oh, we both want less immigration. But then he takes the extra shot and goes, yeah, but I don't want white people. And I'm like, no, obviously I disagree with that. And, you know, it's I just I, I hate how we even know his name. We shouldn't. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's we. Yeah, it, it's the the whole all the whole alt right thing, especially once Charlotte, especially once like Charlottesville happened, right? That's that's the thing that everyone wants to go back to. Well, what about Charlottesville? That 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 was an example of right wing extremism. And like, granted, Charlottesville should have never happened. Like, I I remember saying on my show, like, if you are conservative, do not go to Charlottesville because. Mm. It's filled with, you know, it's filled with like actual white nationalists, and they're all they're all crazy people, and you will, you will likely get tied up with with wrong people. But even so, like, I I feel like if 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 the national media hadn't been there watching, you know, everything and kind of like, I'm not saying that they planned for something to happen, but it was almost like they were looking for something to happen because. Uh, you know, had had there been had it been like any other place, and had the media not been there, it would have been like uneventful. They the, the you know the white nationalists would have done like their stupid things and then taken their uh, you know pee stained bed sheets home, <laughs> you know, or what or whatever. So uh, I feel like Charlottesville was kind of like it got taken. Like they had one incident. Like there's two there's two sides over there. Like people just look at the, you know, quote unquote alt like the right wing side. And there was people involved in the right wing side who were not alt right, but the I I know the majority of them are alt right, but the small minority well, I, I didn't go there, so I don't know, but a certain portion of that made everyone labeled who visited there on the right side at on the right wing side as alt right because of one person's actions. And I mean that and if you actually look at the stuff involved with that too, like you know, there was people, there was Antifa carrying around like baseball bats and like rifles and stuff, looking for a fight, smashing cars, throwing over trash cans, and you know, say what you will about the right wing side, so like they, you know, their optics were terrible, but you know, they actually got a permit to protest over there. Mm. You know, they fought all the, you know, I know you don't need a permit to pro- you constitutionally really shouldn't need a permit to protest in the United States, but they still, you know, they try to do things by the books. And, and, but the media, which is controlled by the left, wanted to go and spin this, and they successfully did it because now, you know, you even bring it up, you say that, you know, both sides, you know, had some faults involved, you know, that makes you a white nationalist now. And if you believe that it wasn't just solely one-sided evil Thing. Like, like Antifa, they'll go into cities all the time. Like during the Trump inauguration, you know, they'll go and like break stuff, riot, loot, hurt people. Nobody talks about that. But, you know, as soon as someone confronts them, they all get labeled as alt-right evil people. And sure, there are some alt-right evil people there, but, you know, I don't think every single one of them was. It's, it's weird when um, it it's weird, like during the during the holidays, like after the election. I mean, I I had some relatives who were 
who granted their their left and they were just they just became so unhinged mm. you know after trump won that like i i went back to colorado and um you know i what like i had cousins and whatnot who were like you know who were like messaging me on twitter and like calling me a nazi and being like how how could you you know vote for trump and it's like well you you guys knew i was conservative so like why why were you guys surprised i voted for trump in the first in the first place you guys knew that this was going to happen so well you should have you if you were conservative you should have voted for hillary i heard she's more conservative than trump <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know a good it's one of the things i learned after 2016 and it sounds harsh and mean and it shouldn't be the case and it wasn't the case with me till 2016 but conservatives now can't date democrats they can't i mean i've i remember before 2016 i was like oh i could date anyone we could disagree on politics but still get along that's how my parents are no, not anymore. These people are insane. I've literally been turned down on dates because I supported Trump. They, I've never, ever done that to anyone. Over I, have, I have to be honest, though. It is a great breakup. It is a great way to break up with a chick. If you don't like a chick, best way to break up with a chick. Like, if, if, a chick, if, you're, if, if you're going out and the chick's into you... And you're like, mm, I'm not really into her. I'm not really into her. Bring up like, Trump. Nothing will say. Yeah, nothing you could say. Oh, you know, I, I was in. I was in jail. I was in the joint for a couple of years. You'd be like, well, we could work around that. Whatever, whatever. Or like, I could be like, look, I have a really bad credit score, and my debt's <laughs> through the fucking roof. No, you'd be like, no, well, you know, we can we can work around that. You could say, look, I voted for Trump. You're a monster. You're a monster and I hate you. Well, that's yes. that that's that's partially why this program proudly endorses the babes for Trump movement too. <laughs> too. So uh out there that support Trump. Like you know, there's a lot of people that just don't realize like a lot of people like outside of the cities, a lot of people support Trump. Like all that quote unquote like flyover territory, that's all Trump land for the most part. Like people just forget, like, you know, not everyone's a coastal elite. Not everyone lives in New York City or San Francisco. Some people love Trump. They love guns. They live on farms. They work in oil fields. They are truck drivers. You don't no. see it, might not see it every day in New York City, but you know what? They're there and they're voting. Yeah, that's a good point. Because one thing I've learned from not only just like traveling America, but just like talking to people is when you are in your city, you're kind of in a bubble. And that's what the media was like when they thought there can't be these Trump supporters existing out where like, he's got to be at the bottom of the polls. Yeah. Cities are extremely liberal and all they're talking to are liberals then. But once you move out to the suburbs, then it's kind of 50, 50. That's where I grew up. You know, you'll have some conservatives, some liberals, the conservatives tend to be very quiet though. Might mind you. But once you go out into the rural areas, it's all conservative, almost all. Right. And, you know, that's where the disconnect comes because you're just not interacting with these people. And I remember in my high school, some people, like, when I'd come out of the closet as a Trump supporter, they'd be like, oh, my God, 
they like couldn't believe I I just existed. There's anybody that supported this guy. I remember one guy in my class was like, "How can you support a guy that wants to send uh, blacks back to Africa?" I was like, "What? You never said that shit." What? I was like, "Which one support the blacks? He's not Richard Spencer." Some, someone brought that. Someone brought that up up to me actually, and I was like, "Oh, you mean Joe Biden?" Yeah. yeah, he wants to put y'all back in chains. He wants to put y'all back in chains. Here, let me sniff your hair for a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's fucking nuts. That's what I quickly learned. Like, I'm just like, I'm not dating a liberal. I'm sorry. I never said that before, but I just can't. I even see some fighting between like couples that are, you know, one's one plug orientation, one's the other. And it's just, I'm just like, we can't coexist, apparently. Like, unless we're just friends, then we can. But in a relationship, no. So, yes, Sean's dating advice tonight is date somebody within your political orientation. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, sadly, that's the way thing, things are having to go, to go now, which is sad. Yeah. So. It is sad. I want to make sure it's clear. Like, I don't want to be this way at all. It is sad. But you're just going to get into a fight and they're going to say, fuck you, vote for Trump, you fucking fascist, you fucking Nazi. And then you're out the door and it's, it's sad. I mean, I wish it wasn't that way. Well, you, and yes, there is one particular political party responsible for it. And hence, it's not the Republican Party. It's the Democrats. I've never seen the <laughs> Is someone playing like the? Was someone playing the weather report? Or did someone trigger? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? I oh here no no you know what I got a question for you. The, the, it, so I I went out I went out with a chick and um, was she hot? Yeah, she she was. So I, I I I. <laughs> I, I, I fucking lied to her. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, Trump, Trump's an evil guy. Oh, my God. It's just absolutely. I can't. Well, how, how did it, how did we even put him in office? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we got along. We got along. And then uh, so, you know, I, I bowled her. And then the next morning, I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not spending another night with this chick. <laughs> so I did. So. I play, I play a Trump rally on my freaking big screen. <laughs> so she's getting dressed. She's getting dressed. She's getting all her shit put up. And on the way out, she sees this fucking Trump rally. <laughs> and I was like, and it was like, and she was like, oh, oh my god, it's so disgusting. It's like, oh no, this is the best part. The best part's coming up right here. <laughs> And then she fucking walked out and slammed the door. Oh. It's so beautiful. I'm telling you, you, you got to use it. Honestly, if you if you want to if you want to get laid, use it to your advantage. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you, use it to your advantage. There are, <laughs> stupid, there are stupid people out there that will just do your bidding as long as you say whatever the hell they want you to hear. And then if you want them not to be a part of your world, you just say, eh, I voted for Trump. You know, you make America that. great again. Woo-hoo! 
I see. I like taken a MAGA hat and like slipped it in her drawer or like slipped it somewhere so that she like when she wakes up and finds she like screams like she saw like a spire. Like oh my god! And then that's where you like come out with it. Let let me tell you. Let me tell you something about Sean. All right, Uh Sean is one of those guys. He doesn't care uh, what you think of. He will wear. He will fucking wear a MAGA hat in school like he will he don't care, he care. So, so did i so yeah, did I. yeah. No, here's the thing so so um so when, when i was with turning point uh we 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 learned that the democrats were having uh a gun town hall like a gun safety oh, yeah. town hall right and so we decided hell let's crash that shit right so so we all get we all we all get together, right? And we're we're going to the we're going to this thing. And I noticed that Sean is wearing this bright red fucking Make America Great Again hat. And I'm like, oh my god, this is I'm afraid of what, what kind of looks you'll get, but at the same time I wanna fucking see it too. So just, So I have an e- I have an equally good story, so Awesome. I, I think I've told you guys this, but if I haven't, I'm I'm in a wheel I'm in a wheelchair, so that makes things even more interesting because, like for some reason, just like black people, the left automatically assumes that all cripples are going mm-hmm. to vote to vote Democrat. So when I showed up on campus wearing my uh, mag hat throughout the election, like. Security didn't really know what the hell to, to do because technically you're not you're not supposed to wear any like you know shirts with like you know political slogans or you know any of that, which is bullshit because like a whole bunch of the people were wearing Hillary t-shirts and they didn't bat an eye. But I I wore you know my MAGA on campus and like I uh and the and the and they were like. And security was like, "Sir, you're not supposed to wear that." I'm like, "I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you gonna do? Re- restrain me and like remove from my head and this and assault a cripple?" And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, like you really should be like, what are you, the fucking clothing police? You fucking fascist." <laughs> you should have got a Trump themed wheelchair and just sort of bring yeah. They wouldn't be able to do shit because they'd be like, oh, you keep bringing that wheelchair. You should, have, <laughs> you should have big Trump buttons that are like uh, rotating as you're pushing the fucking wheelchair. Yes, yeah, on the wheels. <laughs> Trump yeah. should make the wheelchair. That'd be like a fucking like red. It'd be like red, like the MAGA hat, like gold <laughs> or something. And then there'd be like a button on there that would like say "Make America Great Again" when you click on it. (laughs) I'm I'm just I'm just waiting for them to come out with like actual Iron Man armor, so I can just like yes, so I can just you know go as Iron Man instead of like having it be like you know red and gold. I'll just have it be like red, white, and you know blue with like a MAGA hat. Yeah, actually, that remind me. We have two stories. I'm gonna have Alex tell one of them, but I'll tell mine. I was in 2016 campaigning for Trump and I had probably the most like frightening and telling, uh, you know, uh, incidents of my life. Cause I was campaigning. We went and, you know, I was like in the campaign office and my guys were kind of like, come on, Sean, come out and campaign. I was like, 
nah, I mean, I got homework to do. I mean, maybe next week. And they're like, nah, Sean, come on. It's like, we're getting near the end here. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll go out. I'll, I'll do it. And I went out and we went to this neighborhood that we, I don't know if we hadn't been there before. We didn't scope it out well, but we went in there. I started, you know, hand some stuff out to, because we go door knocking. We go to each door, hand some flyers, remind them to vote Republican this year. I didn't have my hat on, didn't have any Trump gear on. I was just holding pamphlets that were mostly, I think, Trump. I think they were all Trump ones and some down, down ballot candidates. And I noticed, like, hey, there doesn't seem to be any Trump supporters here. And I get to this one house. I'm walking up the driveway, and I see this guy uh, cutting some wood. And I see to the left of him a Prius. I'm like, oh, shit. This is uh, this is probably not going to be a conservative. <laughs> Doesn't seem like the type. Um, even though he's cutting wood, you know, maybe he's a, more of a manly liberal. I, I don't know. Maybe it could be. And I go up to him, and I'm not even like 20 feet away from him. He sees me, he puts all his stuff down, like, and just, just bolts toward me, like, quickly. And he's like, "That may, that better not be any Trump stuff right there." I was like, I'm just like trying to figure out what to say to not offend him or trigger him. I'm just like. I'm sorry it is, man. And I was like, and he just kind of looked at me and he goes, well, I ought to get my gun and I ought to fucking shoot you, you fucking asshole. And I was just like, oh, God. I was like speechless and scared. And I was just like, have a nice day. I just walk out there so quickly. And then my friend who was campaigning on the other side of the street kind of overheard this and he started walking over. And then the guy started going after him. He was like, hey, you packing? You packing? And my friend couldn't understand what he was saying. He's like, what? And he's like, you packing? And then he understood he meant, oh, you packing heat? You have a gun? And he's like, no. <laughs> and so we, I think my friend called the cops and told him about him. But the guy was fucking insane. He was threatening to shoot me all because I had a few pieces of paper that said Trump on it. Um, so it was absolutely terrifying, and it told me a lot about how these lefties are can be the crazier ones, and they can be the more violent ones than the right people. The right people just be like, "Yeah, whatever, fuck Hillary," or "Oh, Hillary for prison," or "Lock her up." Like they'll say something like that, but they won't say, oh, "I'm gonna fucking shoot you." Uh, but another funny story, uh, I think Alex, you should tell this one. When we went to a next gen meeting, um, <laughs> and explain who next gen is to in case people don't know. Yeah, so NextGen, it's like this uh, really liberal, like uh, really progressive organization. Um, they have a couple of different like climate parts change. of it. But they, they had a couple of different ones, but we went to the NextGen Climate Change. They were like some lefty action group. And we went over there. We saw their, these flyers on the wall. And it was like, stop Trump meeting, uh, you know, so-and-so Willard building. We went in there. We must have had like seven people show up. And they only had two people show up otherwise, and one of them being a reporter. And there, so there was really only one person who showed up to this meeting at Penn State, which is a pretty liberal campus. And we just go there, we sit down, and we take out our MAGA hats and just put it on over there. And they just, like, they move all the stuff. Because they had, like, free stuff lined up on the desk, and they just took it off of our stuff. Like, oh, you can't take that. It's not for you. And they're going to order pizza, and they just they, they canceled the meeting. We got one guy to go in over there, and um, he was, like, we told him not to go and put any MAGA stuff on, like, sort of a spy. And he was the only one who actually, like, I think it was him and the other person, they went to this uh, meeting. And they just, like, started bitching about us, and, like, he got to keep his stuff. But, man, 
That that next gen, they were so low energy over there. Like they literally only had one person show up to their meeting, other than the and they tried to move to the other room. That's what they did when they picked it up. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, we don't want those Trump supporters there." And then, like, what was it? They had another meeting. I believe it was next gen, and they and they booked it, and it was like supposed to be for Planned Parenthood, and they lied on the. Uh, I think Sean, you remember that one, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a. Uh, I think it was next gen. And they try, I forgot about this happened last year. We were trying to walk in and just see what they were going to say. That was actually legitimately and honestly, our intent was just to listen to them and see what they were going to say. I didn't have any gear on. I was just your typical little Sean with your, with his shaggy hair and nothing else. And they saw one of our friends had a pin from turning point that just said live free. I know terrible thing to say. And they stopped. They tried to stop us from literally entering the room. They said, "No, you can't come in here." And we eventually did get in. And then the one guy said to my one friend uh, at the end of it, he he said, "Well, if I wasn't at work, I'd beat the shit." And then his other guy started cutting him off. But he was basically going to say, "I was going to beat the shit out of you." So threatening violence again. And these people are insane. And they didn't even register the. They didn't properly register the room. It was no. like. like was well, a Planned Parenthood or something? Yeah, they had it registered as Planned Parenthood, not as next gen. They lied. And uh, another, actually, a third story I'll mention that's probably one of the more insane ones was the day after the election. Like, I was full on the Trump gear, the Trump shirt, and the Make America Great Again hat. I was having a fabulous day. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just one of the best days ever. And then I'm walking in the hub here, which is our, like, student center. And there's this lady there handing out flyers. And she goes, you, sir, in the Trump hat. And I was like, okay. And I go up to her and she's like, can you please take that off? And I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, this is the greatest day of my life. I'm not going to take it off. So I was thinking. And she says, well, I feel really unsafe. And so I look at her letter. And the first line is, dear white male. And I was like, oh, fuck she's one of those and i have a picture of the letter where she was going on about privilege and all this shit and she basically her argument for why i should take my maga hat off was because she felt threatened for, for her personal safety as a woman because trump uh bragged about groping and uh i think she even said sexually assaulting women in his ground by the pussy tapes and I tried to explain to her that that was just a guy talking shit about how when you're a star, women will jump on you. And he wasn't talking about, you know, when a guy jumps on women and starts grabbing them. That's not what he was talking about. She went way over her head and she didn't believe me at all. But she thought that he was because of that, he was enabling people to go out and start raping women or groping women. And so she felt threatened by that. And she thought, well, you know, you guys take that out because I feel unsafe. It was so stupid. It was one of the just craziest things ever. So I I had a uh I had a similar experience, like not quite the same uh not quite the not quite the same thing, but like I um at my uh previous school where I was before I transferred to USF, um I um like a a few weeks after the election, I was uh, I was on campus, and I I noticed that there was like this feminist chick uh, 
talking at like just like she had a po- poster or something about like you know protect like women's you know safety rights or something so i'm like you know i go up to her and i start talking and i'm like so are you are you pro are you pro gun then and she's like she's like well well no because gun guns kill guns kill people and and i'm like okay well what do you want for how do you want to you know keep women safe and she's like well we need to we need to uh you know stop rape culture and i'm like oh boy and i'm like okay well you know that like that's a bit of a bit of a myth right and and she's and i didn't have my hat on but she's like wait aren't you that aren't you that mag aren't you that mag kid i'm like yep i <laughs> i probably am so 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 she starts back to one of real news here so she starts uh going back uh and and uh being like well you know you're only you're only voting for him because you have white privilege and, and you're a male oh, and i'm yeah. like and i'm like lady look at me okay i'm i'm in a i'm in a fucking wheel wheelchair <laughs> Does it what does it look like I have fucking privilege? And she's like mm. and she's like, well your 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 white privilege and your male privilege offsets your disabled uh-huh. oh. you know, <laughs> and, and Well you you're still better off than if a black person was in a wheelchair. <laughs> uh, that 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 was that was actually what that was actually what she said. She oh. said Fuck. <laughs> that, that, that was that, that was actually what she said oh, she said too and i'm like yeah i'm still lower on the total pole than an able-bodied black person man according to your logic so oh my god i mean well, it's actually, just we you were in the social 19 class right at penn state i think phil said no so funny story about that so um so so I should explain for the audience that uh, that my friend Jeff, who is liberal, uh, a, a few of Jeff was actually on the program like a, a year ago, and the audience, I mean, we had a good conversation, but the audience was kind of mixed on him, to say the least. But yeah. anyway, I, I knew Jeff because Jeff at one point was more conservative. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. But uh, he and I used to be part of a podcast network, and uh, but we kept in touch afterwards. So he he like started inviting me into the, like the social one nineteen streams, and he actually told uh, me to follow. He told me to follow Dictator Phil on Twitter. So, <laughs> so so again, this thing is all Phil's fault. So. It always is Phil's mm-hmm. fault. <laughs> uh, what but, can I say? I like causing trouble. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I so I know you guys because of Jeff. So thanks, Jeff. Very cool. So. <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm actually taking that class right now, and I actually got called up once to find social justice warrior. But um, after that, though, we were. Yeah, I know it was weird. Like, yeah, he was like, first he said, "Can any conservative come up here?" And literally, only two people raised their hands. I found the third conservative in that class because he was getting pissed off the other day because in the last class I was in, Sam was doing a thing on white privilege and he had these people out there and he picked an interesting group. I knew, I know what he was doing because he would pick a poor black person and a rich black person, a poor white person, a, a rich white person. 
and you also pick like two people that weren't sure about privilege or didn't wait, know this. Wait, wait, there, there, there are poor people that go to Penn State. Well, yeah, I know that was the thing when he asked. I thought it was so silly. I'm like, Sam, we're all going to a thirty-five thousand dollar year university for in-state only, and you're trying to find a poor person. <laughs> but he did find some people that like didn't have a house or you know for their lifetime. So I mean, I don't know, man. But the thing that was irritating was they kept talking about privilege in terms of wealth. And I was just, I kept putting my hand up. I was like hoping I'd get called on something because guess who makes the most fucking money in America? Asians. By far. They make 10 times more than whites, according to Pew. They make 10 times more than Hispanics, according to Pew. And guess who makes more in all those groups of minus Asians? Blacks. (laughs) So I was like, oh my God. Where's the privilege? If we're going to talk about privilege. Let's talk about Asians. And if you and they kept talking about privilege as if their whites have an advantage. If whites have this, they have this, have that. Whereas other races don't. And I would wanted to ask them so badly. And if I get the chance, I will. I'm like, okay. So if you think whites have an advantage, then does that mean? Well, at first, say you think whites have an advantage, they'd say yes. And I'd say, well, okay, then you believe that's the case. So you're saying there's something inherent about whiteness that gives you something superior to everyone, let's say. And they go, yeah. I'd be like, well, okay, then. If you believe in white privilege, you believe in white supremacy. <laughs> and their mind... Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. I'm going to give credit credits. Dude, I got that from Sargon of Akkad, Carl Benjamin. Uh, and it's a good one. I don't know if he worded it that way, but that's basically what he said. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if you believe in privilege, you believe in white, white privilege, you believe in white supremacy. And... Man, that conversation was annoying. I know, Phil, you were listening to it a bit, but these people don't, they're they're talking as if, you know, the privileges that do exist, which are nationality, class slash wealth, and genetics, as in, you know, you're lucky to be born in an able body, or you're lucky to be born with good looks, Mm -hmm. you're lucky to be handsome. Those are legitimate privileges. Your race is not in America. No. I I liked how, uh, well, I didn't really, I wouldn't say I liked, but, so the, the the professor was in the beginning of the class, like or close to the beginning of the class, he was talking about how, oh, oh, we, you know, we we should learn, we should learn to understand the complexities of mm. each situation. Yeah, we should understand. I'm like, all right, that, that, that's a very good, that's a very good point, right? We should understand the complexities of every situation and every problem. So we can have a, a a more fruitful conversation. You got me there, right? And then what does this dude do? He he picks three minorities, yeah, to talk of to to minority students. Talk to three white uh, kids about uh, how they're privileged. I'm like, you just you just. Uh, you just, you just, what the hell? You're sending mixed messages. What the hell are you doing? You're telling me to, you're telling me that I should like, you know, understand the complexities. And then you're going to go, oh, like there's no, there's really no such thing as white privilege. It's like it, you have, there's financial privilege. Like Absolutely. if I'm born with money, if I'm born with money, I'm going to get to go to the good schools. I'm going to get to go. I'm going to get to have all the nice things and put myself in a better situation that somebody else doesn't have. But that doesn't mean that my, my skin color doesn't determine that. Like, oh, like, 
all of a sudden I'm born white and all this I'm I'm born and I'm now surrounded with pots of fucking gold. Get the fuck out of here. Well, here's the thing too. He did one thing that I'll give him credit for, but he didn't d- dive deeper into it, which he should have. Which is one of the um, I think it was one of the black ladies said that oh, you know, white people can get certain scholarships and things that other people can't. And Sam goes, well, wait a second. Yeah, I know. He's like, well, wait a second. Is there any white grant or white, you know, a scholarship out there? No, there isn't. But there are ones for gays and Hispanics and blacks. What he should have said and pushed on was, isn't that a form of racial privilege? Doesn't that mean that minorities have a privilege? He didn't there's go in no the- way. There's no way in hell he was yep. going to say that shit, though. No he should have. Because that would have wrecked his whole fucking narrative. Yeah. Well, he believes in white privilege. He does. He said it, like, in the first yeah. class. Yeah. And I was like, come on, dude. I, I will say that Gavin McGinnis's argument against, you know, white... about against, you know, white privilege and racism in general is pretty, uh, you know, spot on. Like, yeah, I love Gavin. His whole take on it is, like, imagine if you're in a bar mm-hmm. and you meet, you know, you meet, a, you meet a guy who is, like, cheering for the same team or whatever that you are. You're going to hit it off with that guy based on the interests that you guys, you know, share, uh, you know, and if he happens to be, you know, like shorter or taller, or you know, if you happen to be white and he happens to be black, doesn't matter. If you guys have like a common interest or something else in common, like you guys are gonna, you know, bond off of that as opposed to, you know, what leftist fantasy land likes to mm-hmm. think. So, you know, like Yeah, and he so, also brings up the thing with like employers where he says like Oh, let's see. You're going to make me a shit ton of money. You're really smart. You're really nice. You have all this experience. Oh, but you're black. Sorry. It's where we draw the line. <laughs> you know, nobody does that. It's such a silly thing. And one thing that you actually made me think about, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, which is very interesting, tells you a lot about both sides. Gavin McGinnis, he's, he's a race mixer, or is he all right to a race trader? So he obviously is not racist at all. Candace Owens, race mixer. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, I guess you'd say it's a race mixer. (laughs) But is it me or am I seeing more race mixing on the right than the left? Definitely. Well, well, what do you mean by more race? I mean, there's there's race mixing on both sides, but I don't know if there's more on one side or the other. I don't know if there is. But what's interesting is that all these people that are called, the side that's called so racist, a lot of their major figures, you know, Gavin, um, you know, uh, Milo and uh, Roger Stone married to a black woman, too. Uh, All these people have, you know, are married or in love with somebody that's not their skin color or whatever. And even Trump himself, like they all say he hates immigrants. He's married to one. Like, it's just. You know, it, I, it's a level that I've, you know, it's 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 something because I bet, you know, you. I mean, I don't know if it means anything, but it's just it was one thing I just noticed. I thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Now, the you know, the other thing, the other thing I've actually gotten in fights with people over uh, over 
Gavin because I I was I was in a mass communications course uh, about like two semesters ago, and someone was doing like a someone in the class was doing a paper on on Vice, and I'm like, oh well, you know, if you're writing a paper on the history of Vice, you should, you know, mm-hmm. you obviously need to bring up up the fact that Gavin was you know was a co-founder mm. and uh the and the chick was like well i don't need to bring up gavin because he, he's he's a racist and besides wasn't wasn't he a heroin addict at one point and i'm like <laughs> still the co-founder and i'm like no i don't think he, i don't think he was a, i don't think he was a heroin a- addict uh per se i, I don't even know like I don't even know if it was necessarily like addicted to any any drugs. But I said none of that. I said even if you're, even if he was a racist, which he's not, um, you know that that doesn't negate the fact that he was still a co-founder of Vice, mm-hmm. of Vice magazine. So, um, yeah, by Heronatic, that would make sense with like half of what Vice was talking about. Because if you look at their old stuff, it was all like drug shit. Mm-hmm. That was actually when they were decent. Yeah, they a- literally have a cover with like a close up of somebody's like little uh, tongue with an LSD tablet on it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, Gavin used to kind of be like, you know, I wouldn't say like left, but he was like considered like more liberal, like back in the nineties. So, well, you know. he was the guy invented hipsters. We have him to blame for that, but you know yep. he he's a very interesting guy because I don't know if he was always technically conservative, but he's definitely one now. But he he's he's a very interesting guy. He's kind of a very unique guy, and I'd say just study him for that. I mean, I don't you said a professor was telling you this, right? No, uh, no, a student in, in the class was telling me. Oh, that, but oh still. yeah. Yeah, you should still look into them, especially talking about Vice, because they had a really bad breakup between Gavin and Vice, I heard. I don't even know what went down, but it sounded kind of ugly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've heard a little bit of it. I, I was actually interested in Gavin, too, because I'm I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm a total hipster, but like I, I kind of like to wear, uh, you know, suits and ties and whatnot, mm. kind of like that hipster madman look. So yeah. I so I actually kind of discovered Gavin through that like a couple of years ago, and then when I found out that he was like more you know kind of like a cultural libertarian, like like Gavin Gavin kind of defines himself as like a conservatarian, which is how I identify my myself politically. Um, so it's also it's also uh, interesting because uh, I like. I like Tucker Carlson too. too. Mm. Tucker Tucker Carlson is another big influence. So um I know I'm kinda of balancing on here, but in terms of like doing the show, like what influenced you guys to start a show or a podcast? Um, oh god. I I I remember at least for me, I always when I got to Penn State, I saw this radio station. I was like, I wanna do that. I don't know. What's in me? Because I, I am, yes, I'm an advertising major, so I'm into college communications. So speaking, talking, writing, visuals, that's kind of all my thing. Even though I used to be a very shy person, ironically, and yet now I'm 
doing all these other things, but I pushed myself like debate teams and all kinds of other stuff to be more out there. I mean, I like, what was that, Alex? The, the, the debate club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one at Penn State, something else. But the one in high school was fine. But, you know, I, I've always liked, you know, multimedia or like TV, movies, radio, that sort of stuff, podcasts. And I, I always wanted to do the radio. And I thought, gee, it'd be cool. I could do like a po- you know, politics show. I could talk to my friends about it. That'd be cool. And I, we originally had some other people on it. I think, Alex, you've been there from basically the start. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you got your license and we started doing the actual show. Yeah, and uh, Dictator Phil came in later because I just met him last school year, but I'm glad he was excited to come on because he found He's like, oh, you have a radio show? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I, w- I want to come on. I was like, sure. And it's been awesome ever since because it's taken off big time with him on. But my influences, I guess you could say, I'll say in general, like, you know, as Gavin says, you always kind of first point to like cultural people. Mike, in middle school, my big influence was Jim Morrison from The Doors. Of, oh, fuck, yeah. I love Jim yeah. Morrison. Yes. Yeah, because I know we have similar music tastes, which is great. Jim um, Morrison, by the way, if, if, if you listen to any of his speeches today, he would be considered like a conservative now. Yes. Too. It's, it's fucking crazy. Yes. So. And he was literally just kind of a guy that was, you know, just wanted to say whatever the fuck he wanted to. Like the, the, like, the stuff that just resonated with me was, like, when he would say, and break on through, he'd say hi, and that wasn't allowed on the radio. And when he sang Light My Fire on the um, Ed Sullivan show, they told him, oh, you can't say higher. That's words not allowed, but he said it anyway. I like that because I always had a sort of rebellious, like, free speechness <laughs> in me. And, and look, the word high is, like, harmless today. But back in the 60s, like, you can't say that because that's what the kids want to do and it's bad. And, you know, that was one of my first influences. And George Carlin was a huge influence on me for comedy and, you know, looking at the world in a you know, provocative way. And also because I'm not a religious person at all. I'm technically an atheist. Um, but, but more into politics my biggest influence is Trump by far. The guy changed everything about my life. I looked at things totally differently. My career paths even kind of been pushed by Trump. My involvement in things has been pushed by Trump. The way I speak has been changed by Trump. And it also is also with Scott Adams. I don't know if anybody I, knows who he is. You, you know I, who Scott Adams is? Yeah, I, I fucking knew who Scott Al- Adams was before like a lot of people, but because I Dilbert. find, I find, yeah, I find Dilbert fucking hilarious. So, yeah, yeah, and I'd I, always seen the Dilbert comics, but I never knew of his name. But then once I saw his takes on Trump, I was like seeing a totally different world. And I've read his books, highly recommend. If you want to learn how to persuade, communicate, they're the best books out there. And he is by far the best when it comes to political analysis. And he totally changed how I view everything and got me into advertising a lot. But other than that, I'd say my major influence uh, says were Milo and Gavin McGinnis. Those two people. Milo is just a rock star to me. He's like my, like, you know, if I was in the 60s, I've had Jim Morrison posters on my wall at the doors. If, if I, you know, if I was a teenager now, which I guess I technically was, but not really when Milo's coming, but I would have Milo on my wall. That's the sort of figure he is to me as a cultural figure. Um, and Gavin, of course, is more in my college years. I've kind of realized Gavin's like just so down to earth and gets shit. Um, but Milo is just hilarious and smart and witty and trolly. Kind of turned me into a bit of a troll, not gonna lie. But those, you know, I'll rile them down real quick in case anybody missed them. But I'd say 
Jim Morrison, Scott Adams, George Carlin, Donald Trump, Milo Yiannopoulos, and Gavin McGuinness. Top five, I guess I named their influences on my life. That's and, that's interesting, and that's for Sean. Uh, Bill, as as far as you go, what what would you say your political influences are? Um, I I don't know if there's so much like political, so much po- politician or, or political influences, or just I think, influences in general. I, I think I, I loved I love stand up comedy. So mm-hmm. I'm like, me too. My, my, my is dictated on uh, stand up comedy. And I'm like, I used to love one of my favorite people that I like to listen to uh, is Anthony Cumia. Love the guy. And it's so funny. Uh, oh my God. You, you like, you like Cumia? Yeah. Yeah. He, he is so funny. And he's quick with it too. Like that, the I I appreciate stand up co- comics who are are very quick. Like you you ever you ever see a stand up comic and you're like, oh, this dude's reading from a script. You you did you know this dude's read from a script and he said it in thirty other cities before he came to mind. Mm-hmm. Like no, the, like Anthony Anthony Cumia, like he's been on the radio for so long. And like when he interacts with people, it's quick and it's funny. Like it's just like nothing like it. And um and and of course he was one of the uh he was one of the biggest Trump supporters when he first came onto the scene. He was huge. Like he was like, Yeah, we we're going to hell. We need this guy. Like <laughs> and yeah. uh, we can't we there's no fucking way we're doing four years of Hillary Clinton. And no, then, I'm like, all right, I can get behind that, and then, and 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 uh, I think a lot of other people that influence me are like people that that rebel against what everybody else is going toward, mm. you know, uh, like Milo. The, the one of the things I like about Milo is he's he's he rebels against what everybody thinks he should be doing because he's like a He's a he's a gay uh Jew who's married to a black guy, right? You would think he you you look at him and you think, oh, he's a Democrat. Oh, no, surprise. He's actually he's actually on the other end. And I I just I love it and I love yeah. how he's quick. I love how he how he and I also love how people engage people too. Mm. That's another reason why I like Milo. I, I used to like Ben. Ben kind of wore off on me. I I have I have an interesting story about Ben that I'll tell you that I'll tell you guys in yeah. a sec. Okay. So. But yeah, though those are the qualities that I look for in people that I like, you know, look up to. I like I like people who like who go where other people don't want to go and then who are quick to challenge everybody else that that is comfortable or does the status quo. I, I, I can't stand people that just follow the status quo because Rachel Maddow told him so. Like, no, you got to think for yourself, dude. Well, Ra- well, Rachel Maddow is kind of a cunt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I fucking, I fucking said the C word when it comes to <laughs> Rachel Maddow. It's, it's, it's true. 
So, um, Al- Alex, I'll po- I'll pose the same question to you. Any any influences in terms of like you know culture, or basically how how you got involved or anything well, like that? Well, I would say um, probably what got me in the conservative movement. There's this website called a uh, Pennsylvania Firearm Owners Association. That kind of that kind of got me into uh, guns, and guns kind of led me down to, uh, to conservatism. But like, apart from like, once that kind of happened, uh, you know, once I was in high school, I started to go on to uh, 4chan, and well, 8chan didn't exist back then. Well, I used to go there a lot, and that that's where I spent a lot of my time. So I remember I discovered a uh, there was a thread on the the board of V, the video game board. It was for this weird like browser game called a Block. And it was like one of those games where you like simulate a nation on the computer with like a bunch of other people. Oh yeah, I I've heard of that. And then they had uh, then that led me to another game called Politics and War. And I used to I I had like two accounts on there. The first one was a troll, and I got banned. And then went back, but like while I was kind of doing that, like I found this uh, YouTuber called uh, what was it? Uh, he was an internet aristocrat at the time. He became uh, Mr. Medicare now. He's I think he took his stuff off of YouTube recently because he got like false flag. But uh, uh, oh yeah. He's probably like my greatest influence of all of them. Like I, I just love because he he says it as it is, and he's he pretty much starred GamerGate. Like people say, Monday Matt starred that, which he really didn't. Like it was Jim who reported on it. That's my reason. Also, Milo who broke that story too. He broke, but he broke. He was the first mainstream person to break it. But like Jim had Jim's always had like a big following on YouTube, and that's it started like. Gamergate started on like 4chan and stuff, and Jim brought it up, and you know, eventually it started spreading. And then Milo got a hold of it, and he broke it on the uh, he he Bright broke Bart. it to the masses via Breitbart. And that's like the whole reason I even like started watching like and listening to Breitbart is because of like Jim and Gamergate. Like that that was probably like one of the biggest. Uh, that whole movement was a very big influence on me, but other than that, like actual like political leader leaders. Um, I would probably say uh, uh, Ian Smith, the uh, Prime Minister of uh, Rhodesia. I I thought he was a uh, no. Nah, I, I I think he was a he was a very interesting character if you look at him. You know he he knew what was going to happen if they uh, you know if they had majority rule over there. And you know say what you will, he just tried to go and give the highest quality of life to that country as possible. And you know he's been demonized since then, but you know Mugabe just died the other day, so you know something good came of that. Well, that that's that's interesting. So uh, you know, as far as who my influence are is are for you guys, and I I think I talked about this a little bit on verse about I didn't go uh, or on real news, but I I don't think I went into full detail. So I'm kind of like an old school. Uh, I kind of got involved when I was like back in like eighth grade, kind of like back when the Tea Party movement was a thing. Mm. Um, oh yeah, she so, talked about Andrew Breitbart. So so yeah, so uh, so Rush Limbaugh, uh, like before I before I even really knew what politics was when I was like a really you know like young kid, like I was probably like eight or nine, like. My mom would always have like Rush Limbaugh in the car, and uh, he was such. I I could just tell that like he had such an energy behind what he did did on the radio, 
I was like, that's what I want to do. So then when like podcasting came around, I kind of started to like my own thing. And then um, like back in 2008, but then when, uh, when Andrew Breitbart came along during like the tea party uh, wave and started talking like how conservatives needed to get like, you know, online and blogging and whatnot. Like I was like, yes, this guy like realized, you know, what we need to do. So I followed him, you know, for really up until I died. And then um, I actually, as a result of my uh, admiration for Breitbart, I actually reached out to Ben Shapiro, who at the time was still uh, one of the editors at Breitbart, and just mm-hmm. e- emailed him at that email and, you know, asked him if he wanted to be on my old radio show. And surprisingly, he said yes. And so one of probably my most famous video on my old YouTube channel is probably the one where I interviewed Ben Shapiro. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what happened to Ben. He he changed between going between uh, Breitbart and the Daily Wire. That's all I. That's all I will say. Um, mm. I think. I mean, I think if and if Andrew were alive, Andrew would have certainly been a Trump supporter. Or mm-hmm. let me put it this way: if if Andrew were alive, we would have never gotten a second term of Obama to begin with. So. But, um, yeah, and then, so Rush, Limbaugh, and then Breitbart, and then in terms of, like, the newer people, I would say Gavin, and, uh, you know, and then just, like, in terms of podcasting, too, like, Joe Rogan, and uh, a little bit of Bill Burr, to be honest, so. Yeah, one more influence I actually forgot to mention was Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear and the Grand Tour. Oh, I fucking love Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, see, this is one thing I've noticed. We all have very similar influencers, even if they're different names. We all know them or love them. And they're all funny. That's the other thing. They're all funny. And they're almost all cultural. Yeah, well, well, Dennis Miller, too, is a huge influence Mm. of of mine, especially especially early Dennis Miller from, like, the 1980s when he was on... As an all, I mean, he's he's still good, although you know he's like an older baby boomer, but he's still pretty good. Um, I remember when he used to go on O'Reilly. That's when I first learned about him, actually. Yeah, I, I've I've always liked Dennis. I could never stand I could never stand Bill Bill O'Reilly, and just because, mm. and it wasn't like Bill never like creeped me out or anything. Bill Bill just kind of seemed like a. Bill always seemed like a weird uncle, you know, who who, who you would have to talk to at. At holidays or, or whatever. So, well, apparently, that's what got him kicked off of Fox News, right? <laughs> Playing too much Weird Uncle. Yeah. Well, uh, like I in my early like elementary middle school years, like I was watching a lot of like O'Reilly, Fox News, and Top Gear or MythBusters. Like that was my like childhood in a sense. Like when I was starting to get older. Or we're kind of like getting out of childhood, like you say. But like Top Gear, for example, I mean, I think we've all seen the show. And we all love it, but it's 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 so unique. It's so like guy. It's such a guy thing. It's so you know fun and funny that it just it stuck with me. Just I don't know something about it's really special to me. Like it's 
It does influence my humor style or how I interact with people, how I talk, how I think. But even Jeremy Clarkson's um, a guy that just doesn't give a shit. Like all these people I've named, they don't give a shit. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, def- definitely, yeah. J- Jeremy Jeremy Clarkson is hilarious, hilarious, and yeah. I, mean, I I know that I know that people say that the Grand Tour isn't as good as Top Gear, and it's it's. It's not, but it's pretty damn good. The I, last two seasons were solid to me. I mean, the first I, one was a little rough, you know, getting their footing, trying new things. But like once they hit season two, it was like we're back in yeah. shape. Well, the, well, the first the first season was like, and you have to remember that that like Amazon compared to Netflix is newer at this. So like, I think that concept for like Amazon was was pretty new too so they were just like mm. trying it out at that point so yeah. um i mean the the other thing that i know that sean and i have gotten into lots of conversations about is our is our musical oh place. yeah too that that was that was like a fucking revel revelation when i found yeah. out that there, that there was another person who who knew king crimson yeah yeah, like right now I have my little, I don't know if you were going to see this in the video, but I have my little Samurai Jack Aku here. But normally my profile picture is the King Crimson and the Court of the Crimson King album artwork. Because when I first learned about that was in, I think, early, in the middle school or early high school. Because my dad came across one of the songs by them. It was um, I Talked to the Wind. and I, I love I love I Talked to the Wind. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. It was really unique sound. I thought, oh, that's different. And I remember my dad got the album because either he'd heard of it before and he rediscovered it. I forget what happened, but he got the album and I put it in my computer and I, I don't know if I even listened to it. I forget what happened, but like a while passed, I find I would keep seeing that album cover. I was like, that is such a unique cover. It's so cool and colorful and artistic. And I finally started listening to it. I was like, this is really good, actually. And then I, that, yeah, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, that album cover is how I feel living in 2019 in, in, clown, <laughs> in clown world. So it's like, What the fuck? You know, it's like a, it's just such a cool image. It's very unique. And you never like see anything like it. And I listened to the full album. Like, oh, I started like playing. I was like, this is really good. And then I put headphones on. And like, right before I was going to go to bed, I remember I was listening to In the Dark. It just blew my mind. It's such a interesting piece of artwork. Um, the the album the album Red and uh, Indiscipline are other great albums by. Yeah, I need to give those more listen. I've for some reason didn't listen to them much. I've listened to Starless a bit because I know people like that song a lot. Uh, Starless is okay. Uh, Larks and Tongues Aspic or whatever it's called is mm-hmm. really good. That yeah. That, that album, but yeah, we we could talk about prog rock all all night <laughs> here and, and probably bore the other two. Yeah. <laughs> so you and I might have to have a one on one about about that one of these. Yeah, days. we could record a separate video about but, that because uh, I've, I'm, as you know, I'm a big fan of the '60s and '70s and '80s of all the music came out. Thanks to me, it's the best three decades we've ever got of music, other than the mm-hmm. classical era way back in hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean there there are some there are some good groups now, but far and oh, yeah. in between. 
Yeah, one guy I will plug quickly is Rob Dugan. I don't know if you've heard of him. His uh, music was used in The Matrix and Top Gear, yeah. actually. Yeah. Totally unique. Totally cool. To- it's a modern guy, um, artist. He takes classical orchestral and mixes it with electronic beats and creates some really cool stuff. Very creative, very well-done music. And nobody's heard of it, even though you kind of have. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think I actually have heard his name. Did, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely check him out and buy his stuff. It's amazing. Didn't he? Didn't he do the? Uh, didn't he do the the orchestral EDM thing for uh, the new John Wick movie as as well? I don't think so. I didn't hear anything about that. You might be thinking of Tyler Bates. He did music for Samurai Jack, actually. Yeah, well, I, well, I know, I know that Tyler Bates did the did the John Wick soundtrack. So um. yeah. The, the those those movies I, I'm those movies are fucking good too. I'm I'm surprised that those, I love are, those. I'm surprised that John Wick is allowed to be made in 2019. I I, <laughs> I would think that John Wick is a little too based for um you know modern day sensibilities. But oh, people still love um uh fantastical violence. <laughs> That'll never change. Well, I, well, and everyone still loves Keanu. Too, so and he's got I say hey and also his involvement in, in a cyberpunk 2077 dude the kids guys his career is going on a amazing turnaround I have to say yeah and he, he's he you know he's what 55 and he doesn't look like he's aged at all yeah yeah he's he's, he's I think he's a you know because people say he's a really nice guy I think that's what also why he keeps getting gigs is because he's such a good guy Hopefully, but uh, yeah. anyway, well, uh, any final remarks that you guys would like to make? Any final plugs? Subscribe to Versa Media on YouTube. Uh, just type in Versa Media on YouTube, and you can subscribe to us. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. All the links will be there, and join our Discord server. And it's a lot of fun. And wow. if anybody wants to come on the show, just ask us. How many subs do you guys have on on uh, YouTube? We are one away from breaking 100. So whoever subscribes tonight through this show will break that 100. You'll be a hundred subscriber. <laughs> well, what, let's try and make it to like 110, guys. Or yeah, because I mean, you got you guys really deserve it. And I know that getting on getting that first 100 is a bit of a struggle. Somewhere, mm. So, um, I mean, believe me, I'm. I just surpassed 530. So. Nice, nice. So yeah, and, and I, I'm I'm trying to to get up to a to a thousand. So you know that's that's everyone's ultimate goal. So yeah. and uh, yeah. are you guys on iTunes yet or any of those podcasting oh, platforms? We're, yeah, we're on everything. We're on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, I think the only thing I'm on is technically SoundCloud because you got to pay, and I'm just like. Sorry, yeah. we're poor. <laughs> we're in the poor stage. But yeah, you can find us on literally anything. And, you know, the best way to stay in contact is through that Discord server. And if you want to, I think we have an email too. You can email us at versanewsmedia at gmail.com. I think it is. Just haven't checked in a long time. But the best way is to DM us on Twitter at Versa News Media. And again, subscribe at Versa Media on YouTube. And you always talk to us on the Discord server. Is the is the podcast at Verse Media too, or do you search like Real News and then? 
It's under the Versa Media YouTube channel, but the show is called Real News. So it will say that in the title, but just Versa Media is the best way to find us. Because there's like, you see, when I picked Real News, nobody had picked that yet. Because I thought it's the opposite of fake news. It's Real News. It's a good title. And it sums up who we are. But ever since I picked it, Trump uses it in his videos. Alex Jones has a show called it. So when you search Real News, like it comes up with everything except us. So. Versa Media is where you'll find us with that little um, eye of Horus, the Egyptian eye. Yep, is that is that an Alan Par? I take it that's an Alan Parsons. Oh reference my god, too. I can't believe you picked up on that. <laughs> yes, yeah. that yes, inspired sir. me for that because I love Alan Parsons too. And yes, I saw the album cover at the time I first found that album, and I was listening to them when I was thinking of the logo idea. And I was like, that's that's a really cool look. Like I've always liked that eye, but it really resonated with me at that time. And oh my God. Uh, <laughs> somebody just commented. It says Fat Keck Boy. I'm the one hundredth subscriber. Thank yep. you, Fat Keck Boy. <laughs> You're yes, a I, uh, yeah, I just put that up on the on the screen. So we've actually had a lively chat here. Uh tonight. Oh, I didn't look at the comments. Oh shit. I was in the private chat the whole time. So yeah. Yeah, you can you can look at the comments and they're they're pretty in- interesting. So fuck, I missed that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that did come from the Alan Parsons cover of uh, "Eye in the Sky." I, I, you were the only person that's cu- that's picked up on that. So congrats! Oh my god, it's awesome. So yeah, th- this this is like that scene in Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> may have <laughs> shout out to gabriel Sherbo. yeah he's going off oh yeah we'll, we'll we'll get well games regular the the entire the entire chat is is great here let's see we have oj's white bronco we have we have future we have future nobody who who future nobody was making was making gay jokes earlier so we uh so we have uh, Irrational Times, and we have the Alan Pell. We have the Alan Pell Project, too. So, mm. so um, and, uh, of course, we usually have John Arcade, who clips uh, all of the Ellen stuff, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, anyway. I assume we can go back and see these comments in the replay. Oh, yeah. You, you, got, you, guys, will, you guys will be able to, and you guys will probably be like, what were these guys talking about? Well, we were talking about serious. So. Yeah, because we've never done a YouTube live stream. We hope to do that one day, probably once the radio gig ends, which is going to after I graduate here at the end of this year. Then we'll probably be streaming live on YouTube and other platforms. But, you know, we haven't had a co- an actual live commenting fee, which is pretty cool to have. Then, then, you, then you guys can go fully uncensored, maybe. And, you Fuck know. yeah. We've done a few yeah. ones before, but I mean, it's, it's nice to have an actual radio. Like to be honest, mm-hmm. like for this was it six months or how it long is... about it? Yeah, oh, it is. yeah, it's been a few months that we, you know, because we actually were lucky that I was here for the summer we got, but it's been a few months since we haven't had, it, and it's like great to be back because I'll for the first hour play my classic rock, you know, love playlist theory and i'll play all that stuff and it gets me hyped up and then we go into the show and we can get callers like we have flat earthers calling which is the funniest shit ever um but, oh you, know, you guys you guys have had flat earthers 
Well, we had trolls, flat earthers, but we also had some that it was honestly hard to tell if they were trolling. I think some of them were legit, but it was funny. I mean, I'm going to miss this place, so I'm gone. I'm not going to lie. As much as I hate the censorship, like, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. So, real quick, how do people, like, have those comments that pop up over there? Did did that, like, super chat? I No, I, I actually click on them. People... People can super chat me by going to uh, streamlabs.com forward slash Whitfield report. Link in the description below. So thank you for that. But uh, no, the the way the way that um the way that StreamYard sets up, I can trigger the comments if uh, if I want them. So oh, that's awesome. Maybe yeah. Why this one these days? I I like. I'll have to see how it like get to pay for uh streamy yard you, you you can but i you can and get like extra features but i'm on their free pr- plan so. oh, okay. yeah, look but, maybe one of these days so this seems like a pretty good uh, app yeah it's it's well i mean it, really it's the it's the only one that kind of you know does what it does now that hangouts you know on youtube is no longer a, a thing so but yeah, because honestly, uh, I found from my experience that Discord tends to have the best audio quality. Uh, I This one sounds like it's already pretty good. But, you know, I love YouTube for its, you know, massive audience. But, God, in the back of my mind, I keep thinking, when are we going to get banned? When are we going to join that club? Because it just oh, feels like inevitable. Oh, yeah. I, I And that's, I guess that can kind of be our final topic. That, I mean, that go kind of going back to what we were talking about in the beginning. I um you know I worried about the I worry about like the same thing too with when when I'm going to get kicked off YouTube you yeah. know I'm not and I mean I'm I'm not even that big and I'm I'm not even you know that edgy compared to some other you know people on the platform yeah so Oh, okay. I just see in the comments here. Future nobody says versus a meter of Jesuits. <laughs> no, we're not. And then he says versus media, drinking beers and touch Penn State rears. Well, well, someone over here doesn't like to drink beers, so. Oh my God. Do I have to admit that on there? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's funny because, yes, there is a lot of um, from Jerry Sandusky uh, rear touching at Penn State, especially in the showers. But um yeah that, uh, yeah there yeah. were there were a couple comments once about Jerry Sandusky once you guys <laughs> said you guys were from Penn, Penn State so yeah that's our associations Jerry our three main okay I guess they could almost make them two but our three main associations like going to Penn State are Jerry Sandusky partying and drinking and the frat boy falling down the stairs and killing himself <laughs> and, partying and drinking to be honest what was that? That, that kind of goes with the pen. That kind of goes with partying and drinking. Actually. I know. That's what I think. It could be two. It could just be two. But the thing is, I'm at one of the biggest party schools, biggest drinking schools, and I've never drank alcohol in my life and never will. Oh, you say that now. You'll be a girl one day and be like, no, 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 no. I have, a, I have my principles, man. Yeah. Did you, did you hear Jerry Sandusky? He's uh he he actually got out of prison, right? <laughs> he, uh, he yeah, and he's uh, he's opened he's opened up a uh, he's opened up a store uh, on College Avenue, 
<laughs> yeah, it's called Sandusky's, and it's boys' underwear is half off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody! Uh, oh God! Flavors. What was one of the flavors called, uh, Alex? At the creamery oh, thing? They, they used to have a flavor called Sandusky Blitz when I was like, <laughs> <laughs> there was like peanut butter involved, and I'd probably. Just, oh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never told me that. I I love it. Hey, say what you will about Sandusky, but he's a good coach. He turned tight ends into wide receivers. That's right. Look, uh, hey, progress. <laughs> oh, there was one me that said, "Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone." <laughs> <laughs> with Sandusky's face. Uh, oh fuck! Awful well, somehow. Well, if well, if I was already banned from YouTube, I'm gonna get banned now okay. for sure. So what happens when you bring us on? Well, I well I well I wouldn't have it any, any other way. So mm. no, I, at least no one made racist sound effects today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, you, you have to explain that one too. Oh, well, you guys, you guys were telling me that story uh, off air before we got started, though. <laughs> yes, I have to say it here too. If we have time, I'll say it. Oh, oh yeah, we have we have all the time in the world. If you, okay. If you yes. Want. What happened with that? So uh, we were on the radio one night, and it was just a typical night, you know, talking about the news and shit like that, and. I forget what we were talking about, but Alex, I'm going to blame this on you, Alex. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he mentioned, I think, the something about Buzz. No, no, we were talking about BuzzFeed laying off staffers. No, this wasn't your fault, Alex. This was mine. And you, I, maybe you did bring up like the diversity picture they took. There was a meme that people shared around because it, it was so ridiculous, where they took this picture of their staff, and it was all women, and there were mostly white, and there were some Asians in there. And the, the, the word that they just said in their tweet was just diversity. And that's what they sent out. But it, obviously there was no diversity because it was all, you know, the same. It was all women. They were all white or Asian. And so on air, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had that diversity photo. And I then imitated them taking the picture. And I went diversity. Ka-chink. I made I was trying to make the sound of the camera shutter going like on your iPhone. and. When I did that, I didn't really emphasize the cut enough. And no, I'm not going to repeat what I said because it already got me in trouble once. But it, you know, it's this, sounded... this, this crowd fucking heard it. I guarantee you. So... Yeah, they probably did. I'm going to be, they're going to call the radio and say, oh, we should take this racist off air now. And uh, it, it, it sounded like I said a racial slur against Asians, which. Anybody that knows me knows I would never say that in any way, in any derogatory way, and if any harm, I would never do it. I am not racist. I actually hate racists with a passion, and they hate me with a passion. Uh, so it's such a it was such a stupid, you know, misunderstanding that I came into. It was like a fucking comedy skit, and the radio people call me down and. I understood where they were coming from because they were they were probably getting some hate from some people at the university or something or were worried about their FCC license being revoked because the FCC um, 
is what uh you know uh fucking uh, regulates the station. I totally understood where they were coming from, but God, I was like, oh, this is such a misunderstanding. that you're so terrible. Just trying to make a sound effect. I mean, and, and plus, there's also a dump button on the radio. Anybody that's, um, in radio know that, like, you know, shit can happen, and you can't say you can't say curse words or certain words. So they have a dump button, and you're 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 broadcast on a seven second delay. So when you hit that button, it can get rid of it, and you can act like nothing ever happened. If I had knowingly said that word, if I didn't intend to say that word, I would have picked up on it, and my co-host would have picked up on it with no shit, and run over to that button and hit it, and it would have gone away. But I didn't. I remember looking back to that episode. I was like, "Fuck, what are they getting me for?" Because they emailed me saying I had to come down and talk to them, and I was like, "Shit, we did say something about trannies. Fuck, we also said this and that." But... I thought it was me. I thought it was me. I swear yeah, to God, because I, I, yeah, because I. Was, it's your second uh, time. Yeah, no, because I was, uh, I was imitating, I was imitating a woke girl, and I was doing stupid yeah. shit, and I thought that I was the one. And I'm like, and then Sean told me, I'm like, you did what? Yeah, no, no fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was insane. Like, because I kept thinking of everything that could have been in. It was like I didn't even think this was it. I listened to it our replay like twice. I'm like, what are they getting at? Was it? I was just shocked. I was, and we were kicked off air for I think, was it three months or was it thirty days? I forget. The whole semester, I think. Yeah, it was three months. We just started off like we had two shows and we were kicked off for the whole semester. And I finally got back because I had to write this like apology, and you know I had to you know make my way back on air, but you know glad we did because. You know, it did give us a lot, bit you know, more bigger opportunities, and in the end, it we we came out on top. You know, we were the big winners at the end of the day, and look, we're here now talking to you, so we're we're definitely getting something out of it. Well, and apparently, you have just—I've been informed that you that you guys have now inspired a Discord server now too, called uh, <laughs> called boy called boys called boys butts. Uh, so, oh, we'll have to join it then. <laughs> so yeah, well, you know, you bring, you bring up Jerry Sandusky, and that's what this crowd does. No, so. oh. Penn State pride yeah. worldwide. <laughs> yeah, it's that fucking Penn State alumni network. That fucking Penn State love. Yep, so. we always have a new fucking controversy every year. Let me tell you, we had Sandusky, then we had the. Uh, frat boy that um fell down the staircase and died and then we had also oh, we had the outing club band because they said it was dangerous to go on like outdoor hikes together <laughs> i'm gonna make this shit up um we, we had, had the, the, nazi, the nazi leaks oh yeah 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 we had these like nazi packets that ran around uh claiming oh. these kids were nazis we had the fucking um uber driver over the summer that was at penn state beaver that was like picking uh chicks up and he was kidnapping them <laughs> and he was a professor at penn state uh that was an uber driver so i mean there's always something new here it's insane i i'm specifically expecting that i'm going to see dictator tater phil uh in the news reg- regarding penn state for something <laughs> Like I, I feel out of all of you, Phil is going to be the one to be responsible for something. 
Well, he's no longer a, like he graduated already. As did I. So I don't know. Penn State. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll, I'll show up. For, I show. I'll show up from time to time. I'm. I'm bound <laughs> to get in trouble. The minute I set foot up back on campus, yeah. Uh, I don't care. Like, like, and the thing is, like, I, I'm the one of those guys. I don't care. I'll say whatever the hell's on my mind. Mm. I don't care what people think. So, guaranteed, the minute I set foot on campus or in a room where you know we're all supposed to be gaggling, I'm going to rub someone the wrong way. Guaranteed. And and see that and see that's what I that's what I like about all all, all of the other guys is you guys just speak your mind and really don't give a, give a fuck so oh phil i remember this phil had this fucking funny joke um when we were at one turning point meeting after the meeting we were all talking about like going shooting or going to a gun range and people were like well wh- where's the local gun range like where can we find one and fucking phil, <laughs> fucking phil just goes well, I hear the college Democrats have meetings every Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That, that, that was and obviously it's a joke. We're not going to shoot up the college Dems meeting, nor would we. But oh my fucking god! It was so well, well, you guys speak for yourselves. No, I'm no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> at, at, at worst, I'll just run into their shins and then like pretend like I didn't see see them. So yeah, I I love I love seeing people triggered because that like like I I I am a little bit immature, and when when I Aren't see you? somebody when I see somebody that's like triggered, it makes me want to like keep going. Like yeah. it makes me want to keep going even further. Like I, oh, it offends you? Oh, let me rub that one a little bit harder. I I, I have I have I have to tell you that uh that the that the Trump uh victory uh election night montage I still mm. fucking I still fucking watch that like every three weeks or so just because mm. it's fucking great. Oh, I know. I see it every now and often too. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is just the best thing ever. I, I should love, I love seeing how things. I I love seeing how Chank Uyghur slowly. I love see, I love seeing that fat flut fuck slowly lose his shit and as as the results start pulling in. Uh, it's like, oh, he, at first he's all comfortable, and then that fat fuck starts losing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love I love to see him. I I love how in the video he gets like progressively like more wor- worried. Um, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He gets more worried. He's like, oh no, guys, uh, the votes are coming in in uh, Pennsylvania. Oh, it's not looking too good for Hillary. And it's just like he kept just like the dread, the dread, and he's like, it's not looking good, guys. And like all these media figures were literally sad, and some were even crying when they found out he won. I was just. So happy. I remember that night so well. Alex was with me for that night. I, one of the best fucking not, nights ever. I did not so so uh I did not so that entire day of, of the election day, I was kind of feeling like I was kind of feeling down because like I was I was like oh, I, I was under the impression that like 
that yeah, we had like a good we had like a good run, but like I was pretty sure that Hillary was gonna rig the damn thing and and win. So like I and so like I was kind of like I was kind of uh you know like oh, I guess I'll watch for like you know half an hour an hour trying to see how it goes. As soon as like Trump started like pulling ahead like you know in in uh you know I, I can't remember exactly here but like once the tie turns I'm like whoa okay this is getting interesting and then mm. I think one. Once he took Pennsylvania, I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no way, he's going to fucking do it. So, and, well, uh, and I, I think it was Pennsylvania was the one that put him, that he actually won was with Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, so. It was crazy for us because that's where we live. And at the time we were watching it from, I remember that night very well because I went into it thinking he has a really good chance. I think he'll win. But man, I was still fucking nervous. And then when I was in the car traveling to our little debate or not debate, um, election uh, watch party, I heard them say that he was ahead in Virginia. And even though he lost Virginia, the fact that he was even ahead for a good while was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to fucking win. And then I just saw the states rolling in. It's almost like it was exactly as like how it should be. And then the bigger surprise for me was Michigan because I've been to Michigan many times. It's a rural place. It's pretty blue-collar, middle-class. By the way, everybody there is super nice. One of the most beautiful, best states to live in, actually. Oh, yeah. And as long as you avoid Detroit and don't get shot. But even Detroit's getting a little better. But it's – I figured – I remember, like, when I was making a map, like, in high school, I thought he could win Michigan, but – I'm not sure. Michigan, when he went got Michigan, I they went, he's got this. Like that was like, that's it. He's won. I knew yeah. it from there on out. Cause that is such a huge win. Cause that it tends to go more blue than other states that are swing states do. Yeah. I mean I've I've been to Michigan too. Actually, my grandparents uh live up in northern Michigan. Oh really? So... Where do they live? Uh well my gra- my grandmother my my grandfather passed uh, last year but my grandmother still have, lives in uh Husky, Michigan. Oh yeah, I've um, been there. Yeah, I, I mean yeah, my grandparents uh my I don't have my grandma left now and uh she lives in uh, Harper Woods outside of Detroit. I've been from Detroit all the way up to Cadillac to um Munising to um Pretty much all parts of that state except Flint, <laughs> but I yeah. Well, I haven't been to Flint either. Have you yeah. been up to Dearborn? I don't think so. But here, that's where a lot of Muslims are in Michigan. But yeah, I, I, I I've also been to Traverse City. What was that, Alex? You go. You should host a gay pride parade over there. Oh yeah. Oh, remember when Milo was going to do that? He was going to he was going to do a gay pride parade in a Muslim ghetto. I was like, dude, you're going to get shot. <laughs> That's like the one thing you actually couldn't do. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, Michigan is crazy, though. So. Yeah. One thing that's weird, though, is like, I mean, I don't know what it's like in Florida, because I've only been to Florida once. Uh, but for some reason. Florida's fucking weird, too. <laughs> yeah, that's why the Florida man's a meme. But like, 
the East Coast is just like nobody's happy. But when you go to Michigan and or in the Midwest, everybody's like super nice. They'll hold doors for you all the time. I'm like, when I'm out in PA, every nobody does that to me. Like I don't know. It's like everybody's just like nice over in the Midwest. Well, hold on, where are you? And like, you know, you go by Philly and PA. No shit, they're gonna be bolting those doors as you're in Philly. But like, you go to like York, like Southern York County, kind of like not in the city. There's some good people over there. Oh, there is, are some good people. But. Is is it's always is is the show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like an act, an accurate portrayal of Philly, like at all. I can't say because I've actually never watched the show, but I'll tell you that Philly, I when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, we're going to the city, yay! But now that I'm older and I look at it a little more carefully, I dread going through that city. Lots of, um, you know, like, you know what row homes are, where it's like these homes, like, right next to each other? Oh, yeah. Those, those used to be, like, where all the workers went. They were considered the nice thing to live in. I've always associated them with the shitty disgusting run-down homes and it's all a mess there's graffiti everywhere there's people on the streets everywhere like giving you strange looks it's it's a terrible sight like i get nervous driving through there it's when you get into the center city it looks nice and pretty and all that and the art museum's cool and all that but that's also where most of the crime technically happens so it's it's a shithole honestly even though detroit I used to, when I was younger, think was worse. I would much rather live near Detroit than Philly. I know it sounds crazy, but I would. I just would. Is there is everyone still obsessed with, like, Rocky in Philly, too? Yeah, like, when the arts, on the steps of the art museum, which is where you see the famous Rocky with his fist yeah. up in the air, they do have a statue there, and you'll see people mimicking it. You know, I wouldn't say the city has an obsession with it, but it is definitely a part of the culture. Like, that love thing is also part of it. But, you know, and the Liberty Bell, of course. But Philly, let me put it to you this way. Every time you turn your local news in my area, it's always, there was a shooting in southeast Philadelphia. There was a robbery in Philadelphia. Like, every fucking night, there's like 5,000 new crimes in Philly. You know, it's... It's just all you hear about is crime, 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 crime. It's just pretty sad. Like, I don't see that city turning around, honestly. <laughs> yeah, game, game, game in the chat goes, Yo, Adrian, we got AIDS. So, yeah, that, that, that's Philly for you. So. Yeah, Philly is just, you know, pew, pew, pew. That's all the sounds you hear coming out of Philly. Uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh well adding it right guys, uh I've already tried to end this show once, so again, is there anything that you guys uh want to plug or uh you know, any any topics? No, just again subscribe to Verse Media and YouTube and you'll hear all see all of our real news videos or Milo interview and all the other cool stuff we have. Ho- hopefully it's over a hundred subscri- subscribers now. No, yeah. I will check the YouTube studio app right now because that usually gives us the most up to date. So it hit a hundred. Woo! Thank as it you. Hit, as it hit um as it hit over a hundred yet? 
Not yet. So if somebody unsubscribes, I'm going to be really pissed off. Because <laughs> we'll go back to 99. I, I know that Fat Kegboy is subscribed, and he's good to usually stay subscribed. So Yeah, thank you, Fat um, Kegboy. So, yeah, everyone subscribe to Versa Media, and again, look up their stuff on YouTube. So um, And follow Dictator Phil on Twitter. Let's not forget that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And are are any of you guys on Twitter? Uh, uh, no, I really just use Twitter for all this, these clubs and Versa. Like, I, for, it's so weird. I use Twitter for nothing personal. All right, then. Well, I'll just... Everyone go subscribe to, to Dictator Phil. Or go follow Dictator Phil on Twitter. And plus, I mean, I retweet him a lot, too. So, mm. But uh, at any rate, gentlemen, thanks for uh, coming on. And folks, thank you for listening. And I'll be back for the uh, Thursday show on Thursday. So until then, good night, God bless, and God save this great nation. Good night, everyone. Thank you for having us on. Good night. Thanks. See ya. Good night, guys. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that. Just by listening to our show, you are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show. You can head over to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report and click the support this podcast button and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show. Or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page. If you can support the podcast, I really, really appreciate that. Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated. Even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast, I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode.